Welcome to our class in Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Wednesday, Parshas Pinchas, which was the 16th day of the month of Tammuz, in the year Tavshin Lamed Hay, 46 years ago. A week later, on Tuesday of Parshas Matas and Masai, the Rebbe certified and edited this Chassidic discourse. The name of this Chassidic discourse is called Ach Begoyro. It's based on a verse in this week's Torah portion, and the Mimer begins with Ach Begoyrol Yecholei Ka'aretz. When the Jewish people went into the land of Israel, they had to divide up to the land between the tribes. So the way it was divided up based on this verse is they used a goyrol. They used a lottery to divide up the land to figure out which tribe gets which part of the land of Israel. In other words, the dividing up of Eretz HaKodesh, the Holy Land of Israel, that they conquered, which was called Eretz Canaan beforehand, and they turned it and they transformed it from Eretz Canaan to Eretz Israel, up to the point, as we know, when the Jewish people were in their desert, even before they came into the land of Israel, what does it say in reference to the land of Israel? In the famous verse in the, that the Rebbe always quotes, um, the land that Hashem's eyes are on it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So obviously we're dealing with a holy land, a safe land. So the land, this land, this holy land, how is it divided? It was divided through something which is called a goyrol, a lottery. To add into it, so the verse, the Torah also says, Al Pi Hashem. What does it mean, Al Pi Hashem? If it was a lottery, it wasn't Al Pi Hashem. It was based on the lottery. And the answer is, Rashi says, it was done, Baruach HaKodesh. The way the land of Israel is divided up was Al Pi Hashem. And Rashi explains, it means it was done by Ruach HaKodesh, by divine inspiration. So that's, so that's already, we see two components to the way to divide the land. One is through a Goyro lottery. And the other one was Al Pi Hashem through Ruach HaKodesh. There's another component to dividing up the land. As the Torah says clearly, For a bigger tribe, you gave a bigger piece of the land. And for a smaller tribe, you gave a smaller part of the land. Now, when you start dividing something based on bigger and smaller and more and less, that's not a lottery. That's not a piruach HaKodesh. That is Alpiseichel, intellect. You're making an intellectual calculation who gets more, who gets less. In other words, the simple understanding of the Rav Tarbet, it means for a bigger tribe you give more. It's like Rashi explains. And we know Rashi is Pshutashomik, a simple way to explain the verse, which means that a tribe that had a bigger amount of people, they gave a bigger, a bigger part of the land. And so something, a division which is based on logic is called intellect. Now the Rebbe says, even though the Ramban argues on this, this uh, inside of Rashi that was divided up based on the amount of people in the tribe, um, but nevertheless, the Ramban understands Rashi to mean literally divide up based on the amount of people. Now there's other commentaries on Rashi, um, but the fact is, that even when the people that argue the Ramban holds, the Rashi holds, that it was divided based on the amount of people. In other words, even those that argue, they're arguing against the position of Rashi. But the fact is, the simple meaning in the verse, 
and the way Rashi explains it, and the other commentaries of Safri is, that the, the vision of the land was based on the amount of people, which again brings back to the same point that was divided based on an intellectual calculation. In other words, so what, is, what, what do we have so far? When it came to dividing up the land of Israel, Eretz HaKodesh, there were three components. One is a lottery. The second one is Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration. And the third is based on intellect. That's three different ways the land of Israel was divided up. Now, so what does that mean? So it's interesting that Zerah brings down that this, that the land of Israel is divided by a lottery, so he brings from the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Chabad Rebbe, and he explains based on a Chassidic discourse of the Alter Rebbe, based on a story in the Talmud, that in the Talmud is a famous story in the Talmud from Yochanan and Zakkai. That Yochanan and Zakkai, as he was getting older and he was facing his mortality, facing the day he was going to die, so he said, I don't know. Where are they going to take me? Am I going to go to Gan Eden? Am I going to go to the Garden of Eden? Am I going to go to Gehenna? Am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? Where am I going to? That's what it says in the Talmud. So the question is, everybody knows Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he did not walk even four cubits without learning Torah and without wearing tefillin. And for 80 years he learned and he taught other people. So what's the question, where is he going to? It's obvious he's going to Gan Eden. It's obviously he's going to heaven. So the altar explains that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, his struggle and his debate I don't know where I'm going, wasn't from technically, yeah, he learned and he put on tefillin and he taught other people and he, and he was a God-fearing person. But he's talking about from his etzim nefesh, from the source of his soul. In other words, this calculation we made, that's an intellectual calculation. But he was talking from the etzim nefesh, which is above a calculation. So therefore he said, any idea. In other words, even though I learned Torah, and, but the fact is, learning Torah is tamvadas, that's intellect, that's intellect, that's reason, that's logic. But how do I know about above logic, where I'm going? Now, so in the level of above logic, lemailam tamvadas, there's also a component of reward and punishment, serving, your, serving Hashem from the essence of your soul. Because the fact is, we see Rabbi Yochanan Zaka said, any day and it was from the level of my depths of my soul. I don't know. Because you see that there's, an, there's a concept of reward and punishment. In other words, so it's, so it's obvious that even in the level of etzma nefesh, above logic, we have the ability either to follow God or God forbid not to follow God. In other words, so there is, even in the level of the etzma nefesh, there is an avoid a way to serve Hashem which f- affects the etzma nefesh, that the, the serving Hashem from the essence of our soul should be appropriate. You know, the external part of our life, we learn, we pray, we do mitzvahs, that affects us externally. But even the essence of our soul we have to feed. And that affects where the essence of our soul is standing. Now, the Rebbe says, this idea of the essence of our soul and the avoida, the work, our spiritual service of serving Hashem from the essence of our soul, that's called goiro. So the Tzemach Tzedek explains, based on the altar, based on the story in the Talmud, what is goiro? The way we connect to Hashem with our etzim and nefesh, the way we serve Hashem with our etzim and nefesh. 
So based on this, the Tzermachah explains that the division of the land, Alpia Goyro, practically is referring to the way we serve Hashem from the Etzem HaNefesh. Now, so the Rebbe is going to explain now, more in depth, the connection from these three components. In other words, the lottery, which affects our nef- Etzem HaNefesh, what we just learned, the way we serve Hashem, and Chalukah So there's three components in in the lottery, the way it affects our soul, the way it works when we serve Hashem, and the way the land is divided. Now, I never explains it this. The fact is as follows. Everything that exists in the world is found in the Jewish people. And specifically, in the part of the world which is connected to the Jewish people. Like there's a famous Maimar Chazal that says when Hashem originally created the world, so He created a big world. So Hashem divided it into different lands. And Hashem chose from the different lands that He divided it up, He chose Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, and He chose to, to give it as a gift to the Jewish people. So therefore the Medrash says, the Jewish people shall come to their inheritance, that Eretz Yisrael, and they should inherit it, because that's the inheritance Hashem gave us. And therefore Hashem gave the land of Israel, Eretz Canaan at that time, to Avram Avinu, for him and for his children, for an everlasting inheritance. Why? Because it was originally created, when Hashem created the world and He divided up the lands, He divided up Eretz Israel for the Jewish people. So therefore naturally He gave it to Avram Avinu to give to his, to his children and his grandchildren until today. Now, so since the land of Israel isn't just a piece of real estate, it's a, it's a, the land that Hashem created, it's the part that Hashem sectioned off, and the part that Hashem gave to the Jewish people. So it's a deep connection. It's not an external connection. You buy a piece of real estate in any part of the world. It's real estate. It's not really you. The land of Israel and the Jewish people are one. It was divided by Hashem and was given from Hashem. And Hashem is infinite. So it's a real gift. It's an internal gift. So based on that, anything that goes on in the land of Israel is directly connected to the Jewish people. And the same thing also, anything that goes on with a Jewish person is connected to the land of Israel. Now, so since when it came to the land of Israel, and it came to conquering, as we call it, Eretz Canaan, and we had to make it Eretz Israel, the land of the Jewish people, what happened? There were three things that happened. As we, we conquered the land, now we have to divide it up so every tribe has their place in the land of Israel. So we said, we learned before, there were three ways it was divided. Something which is called a goyrol, a lottery, ruach hakodesh, divine inspiration, and seichel intellect. And also, as we explained, that you gave more to one tribe, one to well, less, less to another tribe, and so on and so forth. So that's what that's what happened when they divide up the land of Israel. So it's self understood that these three components: the lottery, divine inspiration, ruach hakodesh, and intellect, affects the Jewish people on a spiritual level as well. And also, even the component where you gave more to one tribe, less to another tribe, since that is involved in the way they divided up the land of Israel, and the land is really only a piece of, it's a physical, it's a, it's a physical entity. It's only the body, which is basically not necessarily the most important thing. The most important thing is in the Shema, our souls. So how much more so that division that they divided intellectually applies to us as well. Now, since the ultimate goal is the Jewish people, and what's our goal? What's our, what's our purpose 
as it, it says in the Talmud, Ani nevresi l'shamesh as koini. Every one of us have to say, why are we created? Why? Why did Hashem put us here? We were here, we're here, Hashem created us so that we can serve Hashem. So since it's all about serving Hashem, so obviously all these three components, goyrol, whatever it means, we will learn practically, the lottery, and ruach HaKodesh, and seichel, intellect, all applies for us practical ways to serve Hashem and every one of these components in our service for Hashem. Now, so the question is, what are these three ways to serve Hashem? Goyrul, a lottery, how do we serve Hashem with a lottery? And Ruach HaKodesh, and Seichel. So Rebbe explains as follows. He says that it's, explain, it's been explained in the Hasidic discourses of uh, the days of redemption of Yud Beis and Yud Gimel Thomas from the previous Rebbe, that uh, now we're actually, uh, uh, we're coming now from the days of Yud Beis and Yud Gimel Thomas, that in the Jewish people there are three levels based on a, um, a verse in the prophets where it says that the Jewish people are level number one is Mayin Ganim which means a spring from a garden that's one level the next level in the same verse says that they are Be'er Mayim Chaim coming from a um, a spring of, uh, of, of, of uh, a well of live water and uh, and afterwards it comes like it says in the Torah, Ali Be'er Enulah, that the 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 Be'er should should get elevated to to the level of the min where basically it drips down from Lebanon, but actually on a spiritual level means it, it drips down. Noizel comes from the word of Mazel, like like luck. Um, uh, that what is Mazel? So we know, for example, Mazel is much higher than the level of Chachman Bina. Chachman Bina's intellect, Mazel is much much higher, which that re- that resembles the highest level. Resembles the idea of a goyrol, a lottery. And those again to recap. So there's three levels that's explained at length in the Hasidic discourse for, y- for Yud Beis Tammuz. The Jewish people are compared to a Mayan, a spring, Be'er, a well. And Noizlam in Levanoin, which is a very, very high, pure level, which is the level of Goyrul. What does that mean practically? Nice ideas, right? Nice images. A spring, um, uh, a, uh, a well of water, um, um, uh, the, coming down from the, dripping down from Lebanon. What does that mean practically? Never explain it to this. The first level is called Mayin Ganim. What does that, what does that mean practically? It's referring to the souls the way they are on high before they came down here. Those our neshamas are within us. Before our neshamas is within our body, it was a high in heaven. So Mayin Ganim, the spring in the garden, is refer- referring to the neshamas before they came down into this world. Now, when our neshamas are on high before they came down into this world, they're called Benois Yerushalayim, the daughters of Jerusalem. Why they call the daughters of Jerusalem? Because Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, represents completion in all for Hashem. Again, Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, what does it mean? Complete all for Hashem. And like the Arab brings from the Talmud, in the, in the, in, uh, where Toysus, a commentary in Talmud, says like this, that Yerushalayim, why is it, why, what's the name Yerushalayim? It actually comes from two words. Gira, or, and Shalom complete. And based on this, actually, when you spell it, when you write Yerushalayim, so Yud, Reish, Vav, Shin, Lamed, and you don't put the Yud between the Lamed and the Mem. 
because basically it's Yira or and Shalom complete the complete awesome for Hashem. Now, so therefore the souls that are on high before they come down to this world, they're called Benoist, the daughter of Yerushalayim. Why? Because what does Yerushalayim mean? The completion of all for Hashem. So when the souls are on high, they represent the daughter of, a, a child of, the complete offer Hashem. That's the first level. So again, Mayan Ganim is a reference to when the souls are on high before they come down. They're called Benois Yerushalayim, the daughters of the complete offer Hashem. That's the first, the first thing. What's Be'er Mayim Chaim, the well of living water? That's already referring to the way the souls come down into this world, and they actually come into the body, into a physical body, just like the, um, the, the, the stream of water, the well, where's the well found? It's found in the, in the depth of the earth. You have to dig to get to the well. Now, so the fact is like this. The Neshama, on this level, is where the Neshama comes down into this world, just like the Be'er Ma'im Chaim, which is in the earth. So you can say, one second, why is the Neshama coming down to the world? If the Neshama was on high, it was B'nai Yisrael why is it coming down here? So we all know, and everybody explains, because the Yerida, it's a Yerida, it's definitely a downgrade, but the purpose of the downgrade is, so afterwards it should be a tremendous upgrade. In other words, when the Neshama comes down here, and it does its work, it means that all the obstacles and challenges and distractions, but nevertheless it remains loyal to Hashem, so then the Neshama actually gets elevated more than before the Yerida. So notice that before the Neshama was on high, it was B'nai Yerushalayim, one with Hashem, with the Yor of Hashem. It comes down to this world, it has to struggle, fight to keep the Judaism alive. But when it overpowers and overcomes a struggle, what happens then? Then the Neshama gets actually elevated even to higher than before it came down to this world. So based on this, there brings another verse from the prophets that says as, as follows, a beautiful verse. I am black, black, shchoira black, vinava, however I'm beautiful. In other words, what, what is the verse saying? So the Rebbe explains that the souls that come down here to come into a body and to get involved with the animal soul, they tell to the souls on high, which are called Benois Yerushalayim, and they tell them as follows, beautiful, even though Shchairani, even though I'm black, why am I black? Because when I come down to this world, to this physical world, and a world which is Tachtoin, which means Hashem is not revealed, and there's no place like this world where Hashem is the least revealed, where Hashem is concealed. So what happens is, if Hashem is concealed, Hashem is not revealed, so what happens? The light's off. If the light's off, so we're dark. So therefore, I'm, 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 I'm dark. Why am I dark? Because there's no light here. But nevertheless, even though that I'm dark, I'm shchira, I'm dark, the light's off, but specifically, specifically from the darkness, the darkness makes me, Vinava makes me so beautiful. Why? Because through the darkness, I'm able to be elevated higher than B'nai Yerushalayim, higher than before I came down. In other words, just like when you have the water, water doesn't start in the well, but the water goes into the earth. And through the fact that the water goes through the earth, through the veins of the earth, 
which which um, conceal and hide the water. We don't see the water, it's underneath the earth. But when it goes through the earth, it actually becomes purified. Up until it's called actually Be'er Mayim Chayim. Before it goes into the earth, it's not called Mayim Chayim, it's not called living waters, it's water. When it goes into the earth and it comes out, then it's called Be'er, a well of living waters. In other words, it actually gets elevated higher than a spring. So a spring is basically the water before it goes into the earth. Beautiful. But when it goes into the earth, it becomes bare, and it becomes Mayim Chayim. Mayim is not called Chayim, it's called Mayim Ganim. A spring is not called Mayim Chayim. Only when it goes into the earth does it get elevated. And like the Arab brings from the Mishnah, the Mishnah says as follows, that specifically Mayim Chayim, living waters, that come through the earth, which is not a Mayim, a spring, but specifically the, the water that goes through the earth, it has the power and the ability to purify someone that is impure from the highest levels of impurities up to the level of someone get, becomes impure with coming in contact with a dead person, which is called in Hebrew, avi the highest level of impurity. So what has the power to, to purify someone? The water that went through the earth. So the same thing also that it gives, it, it applies to our soul. That when the soul comes down into this world, and it comes into the body, and it comes into the animal soul, which conceals and hides the light of the neshama, the way it's revealed before it came down to the body. So when the neshama does its work, through the expression of chafarua sarim, that we dig sarim, um, uh, officers dig karu and adivayam. They open up the the elitists of the people. What does that mean? That the the chfira, the digging, and the kriya, and going and going through the process of, of 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 doing the refinement. Which that means? What does that mean practically for the soul? Which means taking off all the concealments of the of the body of the animal soul, which covers up in the light of the neshama. Just like when you dig a well, you have to you have to dig and you have to open it up, etc. And you take away the earth, which is covering up in the water, and all of a sudden, wow, you have the water. So the same thing also when a person does his avoida, when we do our avoida, we get to the Mayim Chaim, the Neshama starts shining even before it like, came down to this world. So what does that mean practically? So by earth, you want, let's say you want the water which is underground. So you dig the earth and the water comes out. You have Mayim Chaim. So how do we, how do we take our Neshama out? From the covering up of the of the of the body and of the animal soul, and Derb explains very simple. What's our avoida? How do we do that? There's two things. Number one is it says chafarua sorim. Sorim is like a, an officer. What does that mean? It's referring to the avoida of his boininus. A sire is someone that thinks. When a person meditates, when you think, that's how you bring the neshama out from the concealment of the body and the concealment of the animal soul. So the first avoida is his boininess. You have to meditate. The second avoida is working with your emotions. That your emotions should be dedicated to Hashem. Like it's called the Diveyam, the generous people of the nation, which is a, 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 an attribute of, of midos, of emotions. So the two avoidas that we could do and we should do to bring out an ashama and to, f- from its concealment from the body and the animal soul is, is boininus, meditation and 
working on our attributes, working on our working on our emotions, they should be dedicated to Hashem when we find. And when a person does their avoida, meditation, working on the midos, then you come to practicality of sur meirah, you go away from evil, you don't do negative, va'asei toiv, you're busy with positive stuff. In reality, not in theory. In other words, when we do our avoida, his us, we meditate, and we work our emotions, we stay away from negative, which is a tremendous gift, and then we're involved with positive, which is even a, which, you know, a bigger gift. And when a person does the avoida, of his boyness and working on your emotions, and then you do sur meiravi toiv. So then the neshama, our neshama, gets elevated higher than before it even came down, and the neshama goes into the category of mayim chayim, living waters, which is higher than mayim ganim, a much higher level. Up until you come to the level of that it comes down from Lebanon which means it goes to the highest and the purest places and based on this the Rebbe explains in other words I'm black but I'm beautiful in other words specifically because I'm black specifically because I came down to this world and only because of that I'm able to become Vinava really really beautiful now where do we have the strength to do it? Where does the, the Shama have the strength to deal with the struggles and the challenges of the body and the animal soul? That comes from our source on high, 100%. And that's why we, the B'nai Yisrael say, I'm black, but I'm beautiful. Well, who do they say to B'nai Yisrael? Because the power that the Neshama has, which is in the body, to, to transform itself out of the blackness, and to be beautiful, it actually comes to the help of the neshama, which is in the body, which is from the, from the source on high, from B'nai Yerushalayim. So now, through the struggle, I reach beauty. But how do I have the strength? From B'nai Yerushalayim, that gives me the strength to stay strong. And this way, once I get through the struggle, I can really become even greater and more brighter than the way the neshama came down into this world. So based on this, Rebbe explains something very interesting, very powerful, that we find when, when, when the Jewish people had the Be'er, they had the, 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 uh, the, the well um, uh, for the 40 years they were in the desert, but the song that they sang, Ali, Be'er, Enullah, they only said it after 40 years in the desert. But the Rebbe asked, what do you mean? They received it right in the beginning. Right in the beginning of 40 years, like Rashi says, um, on Chumash that they received it right away why, why did they wait 40 years to sing Shira and the Rebbe explains because it's very, it's very very powerful, very important point because they received the Be'er right away 40 years later they thank Hashem they sing a song and the Rebbe explains like this because the Jewish people that were in the desert even though they're called Derdea the generation of tremendous knowledge and like it's explained, you know, in Kabbalah, the, the, the tremendous, you know, uh, value and the tremendous high levels of the Jewish people that were in the desert. And as they were called Neshamay souls from Oilam HaMachshava, they were souls from the world of thought, a very high level. In other words, even when they were in this world, they were connected to Oilam HaMachshava, the world of thought. But nevertheless, because, there's pros and cons and everything, because they were so high, and because they were, even in this world, they were connected to Ayla they didn't have the quality, and they didn't have the gift of Be'er Ma'im Chaim, of the well of living waters, 
And the noisim and levanim, even the higher level. Why? Because this gift of being able to be a be'er mayim chayim, a well of living waters, and the noisim and levanim, even a higher level, that happens when you transform physicality, when you transform the physical world. But if you're in here, in this world, and you still connect to Eilam Machshava, it's great, it's wonderful, a very high level. But you're not going to reach Be'er Mayim Chaim, you're not going to reach Renoizim Levonim. So that's why the song that the Jewish people sang, Ali Be'er Enullah, they only said it when they were ready to go into the land of Israel, at the end of 40 years, right before they went into Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because what does what Eretz Yisrael represent? What does the land of Israel represent? It represents going, leaving the desert where everything is taking care of you, engaging in a physical, materialistic world, and specifically when you engage in a materialistic, physical world, are you able to elevate the world, real world, and then you reach the level of toiva ha'aretz ma'oid ma'oid. The land is not only good, but it's very good. When does a land become very good? Very, very good. When you're willing to do the avoida. Now, so the, the so the since the Jewish people that were ready to go into the land of Israel, they went on self-sacrifice because it's easier to be in the desert. But they went on self-sacrifice. And they had a tremendous will to go into the land of Israel, which is good, which is abundant. And so, and specifically at the end of 40 years, that they had all the preparations to go into the land of Israel. And already they had, they, they were able to conquer the land of Israel, of Eretz, Sichoin, and Oig, which is the beginning of going into the land of Israel. So it's not only the preparation, but they actually started to go into the land of Israel, because the fact is the land of Sichon and Oig, even uh, has, in, in reference to Eretz Israel, has many, many uh, halachot that is compared to it. So therefore, at the end of 40 years, specifically the end of 40 years, the Jewish people received the tremendous miracles that affected them. They should, they should, uh, uh, they should sing the song, Ali Be'er Enolah. So here you see a very powerful point is that, unfortunately, you can have the greatest connection to Hashem. You can learn, you can pray, but really to connect and to be able to say Shira and to, and to elevate this physical world only comes when you engage in the world. And then you struggle with the world. Then you become a bear mayim chayim. Then you can have a noizim levonoin. And then you'll end up saying shira. As we see, unfortunately, for 40 years, they didn't say shira. Because they were in a different world. They were disconnected from reality. Now, Sederba says, this idea that the Jewish people said shira, how did they get to that level? I mean, they're sitting in the desert. How did they get to the level they were able to finally say shira? So the Rebbe said they, they were able to get to the level to be able to say Shira. It came because of Masay B'nai Yisrael. For the Jewish people traveling. And the verse actually says, right before that, Misham Nasu, from there they traveled. By Yachnu, when they encamped, Be'evar Arnoin, Alkein Yoimer. When did they start saying it? After there was a traveling. In other words, the traveling was the inspiration that inspired them to see the work, do the work, and to be able to say Shira. Like we see, the Rebbe says that generally the whole idea of Torah and mitzvahs, learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, how does it happen? It happens from traveling. From sitting on one spot, you're not learning Torah. You're not doing mitzvahs. You have to move. You have to learn more, do more. Another mitzvah, traveling, moving, that will create a drive to learn and to learn more and to do more mitzvahs. And the Rebbe says something very powerful. As we see clearly, this idea of traveling, that means movement, uh, we see specifically when it came to Matan Torah. Hashem gave the Torah, B'nai saw the Torah. So what does it say? By Yered Hashem al-Harsinai. 
Hashem was, so to speak, on high, even though Hashem was all over, but in a revealed way, and Hashem came down. What does that mean? When it came to giving B'nai Yisrael the Torah, what had to happen? Hashem had to travel. Hashem traveled. What did he say to Moish Rabbeinu that represented the Jewish people? Hashem says, Come up to me to the mountain. Which basically is a reference to Moshe technically, but he represents all the Jewish people. The Jewish people had to travel. So you see, Hashem traveled, and Moshe Rabbeinu traveled. So the Rebbe said the same thing also, that's the avoid of the work of every single Jew. That the, and we see specifically, where did the whole journey of the Jewish people with Avram Avinu start? What was the first thing that's recorded in the Torah? Hashem tells him, Lech Lecha, you have to leave, you got to travel. From your land, the place you're born, your parents' home, which means you have to leave your natural comfort zone. You have to leave everything that you're comfortable with. You have to leave your natural environment. And Rebbe uses actually a strong language and the gasus, the coarseness of it. Nature and consistency, comfort zone is coarse. You got to move out of it. And like the Rebbe says, that in the, in the Rebbe Rashab explains at, at length, if you want to go into this concept more at length, the Rebbe Rashab explains this in, in the in the Hasidic in discourse in the year Tafrei Samach Vav, all the details of but again, it doesn't go into here, so we're not going to discuss it right now, but you see there's a lot, the point is you have to move. You got to move out of any comfort zone that you're in. But specific, what is so, but on the other hand, it's who wants to move. It's easier to stay where you are. And here we're saying, you know, you got to move. You gotta, you gotta get out of your comfort zone. I'm finally comfortable. No, we gotta move. Finally settling down. No, we have to move. But the Rebbe says, no, what happens is, specifically, when you start moving, when you're comfortable, and you go out of your natural state, then the Torah says, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great. You're gonna be a blessing. And not only that, the whole world is gonna be blessed by you. Everyone's gonna call you a blessing. Why? Because traveling, Going out of your comfort zone will bring tremendous blessings. And Rebbe says, this not, this was where Avram when Judaism started. But now we're going to fast forward to, to the ultimate. The ultimate goal is we all want a tremendous revelation. The revelation was going to be when Mashiach reveals himself. And we know Mashiach is going to reveal himself. It says in the prophets that, <clears throat> that the idea that all the nations of the world is going to be blessed by you and through you, so that's going to be in a revealed way. And the ultimate completion is going to happen when Mashiach comes. And as Rebbe quotes the prophets where it says, Which means when Mashiach comes, the whole world are going to call with one voice in one Hashem. So that's what we want. We all want the ultimate when everyone's going to recognize Hashem in the world. There's going to be unity. There's going to be oneness. There's going to be love. There's going to be peace and happiness. But this revelation of what Mashiach is going to come, has how, how can we bring it about? Unfortunately, Rebbe says it comes through the Gullus. It comes through exile. Exile brings Gula. Gullus brings Gula. You want to have Gula? Unfortunately, you need Gullus first. And just like, for example, the song of Ali Be'er Enulah, uh, when the Jewish people entered into the land of Israel, how did that happen, the Rebbe said? By us traveling. We had to travel first. So the same thing also when it comes to the ultimate shira. What's the ultimate shira? Shiru Hashem Shir Chadash. We're going to sing to Hashem Shir Chadash, a new song. 
<coughs> which incidentally is the is the, was the capital of the uh, of the Friedrich Rebbe of his youth based Thomas, obviously in Tavshin Lamed Hay. But 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 the point is that that Shir Chadash is referring to the song of the Gula Asida, the song of the ultimate redemption. And that's why the Rebbe says it says Shir Chadash. It doesn't say Shir Chadasha with a hey. Chadasha hey would have been a feminine expression. But it says Chadash, which is basically male. Male is more uh, a stronger type of a song. Shir Chadash, a strong song, the male force. Why? Because the Gula Asida, the ultimate redemption, which is the complete redemption and the everlasting redemption, which means there's never going to be Golos afterwards. The good news is, once Mashiach comes, it's over. It's never going to happen again. We'll never, never be back in Golos. But that happens, unfortunately, the redemption comes specifically only after the Golos that we are in. Now, where's the Golos come from? And Derek explains the whole idea of Golos, the whole idea of exile, is compared, but it actually comes from the initial exile. Because initially Hashem created the world that was beautiful. And he said, don't touch from the eight sadas. And unfortunately, they ate from the eight sadas. So what happened? By Yigashayu, Hashem sent us out of the, chet, uh, of the, of the uh, Garden of Eden, which happened through the Chet Eight Sadas. And so the source of Golis is from that original where Hashem sent us out. That's why we're in Golis today. And or for, in Rebbe even before that, there was actually a, there was already a process of Golis before that. What was the f- process before that? When Hashem created the world, so the the sun and the moon were the same size. And then one complained, "Hey, I can't the same size. One has to be bigger." So Hashem was told the, the the moon, "Fine, you 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 think it should be one should be smaller and one bigger? So you be smaller." So in other words, already from that started Golis. In other words, if 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 that didn't happen. It would have been full of light. The sun would have shown, the moon would have shown, life would have been good. But all of a sudden there was a miyot. So the miyot, the diminishing of the light, causes till today the diminishing of light, the gullus that we're in. Now, so you can say, wow, we have this tremendous gullus. But we have to remember the positive side. That this Yerida, this idea that we're in gullus, where God is concealed, um, where God is not revealed. What's the purpose? What's the intent? What was the reason for the gullus? And like the um, the uh, the uh, the the uh, Rebbe explains at length, based on the verse where it says Noira Alila Adam, and he says like this that the whole reason for the Yerida, the whole reason for the concealment, so that there should be a tremendous Aliyah, a tremendous elevation, and a tremendous completion of the Jewish people. So the Yerida is, you look at the Yerida, the Yerida is, is Yerida. But the purpose of the Yerida, if you look deep inside, is so we can have a tremendous profit afterwards. In other words, so th- through the Yerida, there will be a tremendous elevation and completion, not only in the Jewish people, but as Rebbe says, in every part of the world, in all the spheres, in all the worlds, etc. But it starts where, where does the elevation start? In this physical world, this physical world, which is so low, where Hashem is most concealed, there's no low place, there's no concealment like in this world. And Rebbe explains, based on an analogy of a, 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 a lever. What's a lever? So for example, if you have a house, and you want to pick up a house, so you, you, a, a big house, you can't pick it up from the top, because you're going to miss half the house. So you have to put the lever on the lowest part of the house, 
And when you pick up the lowest part, the whole house gets elevated. So if you want to elevate the house, you can't just elevate from the top because what's going to the bottom. But on the other hand, when you when, think that if you elevate the top part of the house, only the top gets elevated, not the bottom. But if you elevate from the bottom, the bottom gets elevated and the whole house gets elevated. So the same thing also the Rebbe says as follows. The same thing also when it comes to elevating all the worlds. That when you elevate this world, then not only is this world elevated, all the worlds get elevated. And an elevation off the charts. Off the charts elevation. Like the Rebbe explains, I could explain in the in the in the Hasidic discourse of, of Yud Beis Tamas of the Balagula, that when we say Lamata, which means where Hashem is concealed, Ad Ein Tachlis, like lowest of the lowest, that affects the highest of the highest. So by elevating the lowest of the lowest, the Yerida and the lowest of the lowest, and we elevate the lowest level, we actually create the elevation not only in the lowest level, we actually create the elevation in the highest level. So based on this, the Rebbe explains a famous saying of the of the Friedrich Rebbe, who is uh, we're celebrating his celebration for going out of uh, um, uh, <coughs> going out of Golos, going out of uh, imprisonment, going out of uh, being in, in exile. He was freed. So he says as follows, that only the body went into Golos. Only the physical body went into Golos. The Neshama never went into Golos. The soul never went into Golos. That's his famous famous statement. Only the body went into Golos, not the Neshama. So the Rebbe asked a simple question. One second. We know it says in the Talmud that Golos, exiled, means Hashem is concealed, it does affect our intellect. It does affect our understanding. And how much more so does it affect our understanding, not just comprehending uh, math or other things, but it help, helps, it affects our understanding of knowing what, to, to have clarity when we learn Mishnah, Talmud, and more importantly, if you want to have a clear halacha, we want to know Jewish law clearly, Golas affects us. So, the, so if that's the case, Golas affects learning and halacha, and we know that's how we connect to Hashem. So what does it mean when the Friedrich Rebbe says that Golas only affected our body, it didn't affect our soul? The fact is we see it does affect our soul. So one of the explanations the Rebbe says is, based on um, what it says in the Talmud in Tractate Erevin, er, um, it says like this. <clears throat> the question is about something, whether it's temporary or, or uh, a, a temporary or if it's permanent. So it says. So it says in the Talmud as follows: Since the verse says "Al pi Hashem Yachnu," when they when they encamped, when they when they set up encampment in the camp, why they stop? So we know it's they stop. Hashem said to stop. When they travel, Hashem said to travel. So when they encamped, it's because Hashem said, and when they travel, it's because Hashem said. Now, so let's say they encamped only for a short period of time. So you're going to say they only here for a short period of time. So the Talmud says no. Because the reason why they encamped, they camped, they set up camp, because Hashem told them to stop, Hashem told them to set up camp, even if it was a, a short period of time, the Talmud uses the expression, command the Kavil Udami. It's just like they set up for a long time. Why? Because when you do something, Al Pi Hashem, even though it's for a short time, it has tremendous strength and tremendous power. In other words, Anytime you're doing something that Hashem is telling you to do. So in this case, you're camping Hashem told you. So even though it's for a short period of time, it's considered if it's for a long period of time. So based on the Shabbat explains as follows. The same applies to Golas, to exile. Why are we in exile? 
we chose to be in exile? No. Worst idea ever. But Hashem chose us to be in exile. Now, in exile, Hashem is not revealed. Hashem is concealed. When we learn Torah and we do mitzvahs, we're lacking the clarity. But even though we're lacking the clarity, but why are we lacking the clarity? Who made it murky? Who made it where it's not clear? Hashem made the gullus. So since Hashem made the gullus, and really we would love to learn Torah and have the full clarity. We would love to do mitzvah and see the connection. Unfortunately, we're in gullus, we don't see it. But who created that ability that's not so clear? Hashem made the gullus. So therefore, since Hashem made the gullus, and we're learning Torah and doing this, we would love to do it 100%. Hashem somehow dimmed the light. So therefore, when we learn Torah and we do mitzvahs in gullus, whatever level we're doing it at, it's considered kavia and it's considered nitzchah, it's considered everlasting. Powerful. So in other words, basically he's explaining like this. What did the predicament say? Only the bodies went into gullus. Aye, what do you mean? The souls are in gullus, we don't have clarity. Who gave us the lack of clarity? Hashem. So therefore, if it's not 100%, it's not 100% because Hashem made the gullus. So our 50% is 100%. Is 100%. Our 20%, whatever, whatever we're doing based on the gifts that Hashem gave us, you know, based on the clarity and the unclarity Hashem gave us, it's 100% because that's Hashem. Hashem is the one who decided to dim the lights. Now, and the like this, very powerful. This component that we're saying that when we do, when we learn Torah, when we do mitzvahs, it's 100% to the power, even though technically you can say it's not, but since Hashem dimmed the light, so, so therefore it's 100% for us. And Rebbe said, it's not a, it's not a chuk. It's not like a, a statue where you can't comprehend it. Because you can even explain it. Nervous like this. You can explain it. First, Rebbe is going to explain it to Nefesh kiss, And he said like this. Even the godly soul gets it. Why? Because we know the Altar writes in Tanya that when a person learns Torah, so you create a union through learning Torah and through doing mitzvahs, that when you're learning Torah and you do a mitzvah, the union that you connect with Hashem is nitzchi la'olam void. It's everlasting. In other words, and this everlasting connection on high is also down here. So anytime someone learns Torah down here, anytime someone does a mitzvah, you're creating a unity with Hashem, now, past, present, future, always. And the Nefesh kiss gets it. That's for the Nefesh kiss, A godly view that when you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, boom, you connect to the infinite forever. Who sees that? The Nefesh kiss sees that. But you got to deal with the Nefesh Bahamas. The animal soul doesn't see that. So Rebbe explains, you can also explain this idea to our Nefesh Bahamas as well. So now we're talking Nefesh Bahamas talk. And he says like this. <clears throat> Knows, first of all, he says, you have to explain to the animal soul. Why? Because the whole purpose of learning Torah is that through the seichel, the intellect of the Nefesh HaLakis, so the, because we know that the godly soul has the intellect and emotions, and the animal soul has intellect and emotions. When you learn Torah, you start with the godly soul seeing it, but the goal is that the godly soul's intellect should explain it to the animal soul's intellect. That the animal soul's intellect should also comprehend this powerful union. <clears throat> what? So how do you explain to the animal? So it never explains like this. A different explanation. That a godly soul, we explain that when you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, boom. You're connected. The godly soul sees that. The animal soul, you talk differently. And it was like this. What was the reason why 
Hashem created a Yerida, means Hashem concealed it, concealed himself, and made in a physical world where Hashem is concealed. It's not because Hashem wanted to hide, God forbid. The Yerida and the challenges and the struggles we have is, the purpose is, so that it should be a tremendous elevation. Now, so it's self-understood. Who's the one that made the Yerida? Hashem did it. So Hashem is just like he can make a Yerida, a concealment. Could he make a Aliyah? 100%. Just like he's the one that's in charge of the Yerida, he's in charge of the Aliyah. So therefore, when there's a Yerida that Hashem made, it's not like it's never going to turn around. Hashem made the Yerida. Hashem, so to speak, concealed himself. And Hashem will reveal himself. And the concealment, the purpose of the concealment is for the revelation. So therefore, the Yerida Tzorich Aliyah, when there's a concealment so that there should be a greater elevation afterwards, that's a complete avoider. In other words, if you think about the whole idea of the Yerida, if you look with a microscope into the Yerida, into the concealment, what do you see? You see the, actually the, the elevation afterwards. If you just look right now, okay, well, oh my gosh, concealment, I get it. But look deep into the concealment. Is this real? Or Hashem made the concealment so this can be an elevation. So if you're able to look deep into the concealment, you're going to see the elevation. Take it a step further and deeper. Since we know that Hashem is good. He's the essence of good. And the nature of good is to do good. And as we say, the nature of good is to do good. And as we're giving the name nature to Hashem, right? Which is concealment. So therefore, this that Hashem chose the Yerida, and a tremendous Yerida. Why did Hashem do this? Why did Hashem, who's good, who wants to do good, create a Yerida? And there was something very powerful. Because the only way to reach a tremendous Aliyah is only through the Yerida. And if you have an Aliyah, then Hashem was before on high, it's on high. No, Hashem wants Hashem to go higher. He can't take it higher. So it has to have a Yerida. And again, the purpose of the Yerida is for the Aliyah. And the only way it can have the Aliyah higher than before is through the Yerida. So since Hashem is good and He wants to do good, so when you look at the Yerida, what do you see? You can stop and just focus on the Yerida and then you're going to be like, whoa, what's this Yerida all about? But you can pull back, look at the big picture. Hashem is creating this Yerida. Okay, what is the purpose of the Yerida? So that it can go down and then go up and go up higher than before. And Rebbe says like this, this meditation that Yerida is Tzorich Aliyah affects on the animal soul we're not talking godly soul affects on the animal soul that the animal soul should be calm wow think about that every one of us can calm our animal souls by this meditation by meditating that the Yerida whether it's a personal struggle a family struggle a global struggle that who's the one that's creating the Yerida who's allowing it to happen Hashem why is he allowing it to happen? Because the only way to have an aliyah is through a yerida. And the animal soul gets it. The animal soul buys it. For example, you invest in a business. What happens to your investment? It's gone. So why do you invest in the business if the money's gone? For the profit that's going to come afterwards. So if you're short-sighted, you're not going to invest in any business. Why? I don't want to lose my money. But if you know, yeah, you're losing it. It's going to be spent on different things. But afterwards, you're going to have a tremendous profit. So if you look at the big picture, you realize, no, it's the best thing ever. 
I you lost your money. No, because the, the profit's going to be used afterwards. So that's the same way that the, the animal soul gets that. Animal souls invest in business all day long. So the same way, look at your struggles in life too. Personal, family, community. The struggle is so you can have an elevation. You should get your strength and, and, and get over it. And what happens is the animal soul calms down. It actually enjoys the ride. So what happens, and the Rebbe says, is not only is the godly soul not in Gullus, but the animal soul is not in Gullus. Literally, the Rebbe is saying is this meditation will keep you calm, the animal soul, and will take you out of Gullus. Because you're not going to look at the Yerida as, oh my gosh, it's terrible. You'll literally be able to leave Gullus. You'll be able to experience redemption. By what? Realizing Yerida Tzorich Aliyah. That will keep you calm and will take you out of Gullus. Because the fact is that the attributes and all the spheres of the animal soul, even the intellect, the whole dynamic of the animal soul, even the intellect, is complete. Because the fact is you're able to meditate on learning Torah and you're able to have clarity in coming a, 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 a clear halacha, even in Gullus. Why? Because when the animal soul has menuchas and nefesh, it's calm, you'll have clarity. What did we learn before? What's the issue? The refri, the Rebbe says that only the body went to Gullus, not the neshama. So he said, what do you mean? But the fact is you don't have clarity. Yeah, we don't have clarity because the, the animal soul is driving us crazy. But if you, if you explain to the animal soul, guess what? You read the Torah Chaliyah. There's going to be a huge profit. So A, it calms down. And B, now it's not in Gullus. And if it's not in Gullus, we'll have clarity in what it's learning. And it'll be able to give proper advice and proper clarity. So here you see clearly how through the proper meditation, you can calm your Nefesh Bahamas. You can take your Nefesh Bahamas out of Gullus. And you'll have Menuchas and Nefesh, which is a tremendous gift. And you'll be able to have clarity in learning. And you'll be able to give, uh, you'll be able to, to see clearly what Hashem wants from us in the Torah. Now, the sofa, we learn two levels. Level, level number one is for the godly soul to realize when you learn Torah, you're connecting to the infinite. Fine. And the Shama gets it. Nefesh Bahamas maybe does not plugged into that. So the Rebbe said, fine. Nefesh Bahamas can be plugged into the fact you read the Torah Chaliyah. That's the second thing. But now the Rebbe says, why well, someone's not reaching, not, someone's not in that level? Someone's not in that level. In other words, the person can't grasp and can't accept the explanation the reason why I came down to this world and God's concealed, I'm going through my struggles and I'm in takhtin she'ein takhtin l'matin I have the deepest challenges and struggles and the truth is as we know the Rebbe says I mean we can understand the Nefesh Bahamas the fact is we're living in times of ikvist the Mashiach on the heels before Mashiach is coming and, and we're living in this world which the, the Yerida the downgrade is huge and like the Rebbe says it actually says in the Talmud and it says in the Talmud about the challenge before Mashiach comes. And the fact is, even if we see with our own eyes the challenges. Open the news. Actually, I'm not recommending it. But if for those that, that watch the news or hear the news, there's tremendous challenges in the world. <clears throat> so, but the fact is, even though, so there's tremendous challenge that you, so you're not willing to accept that uh, the whole reason is for the Ali afterwards. Right now, I, I just can't, I, you can't get over the fact that you're going through all these struggles. 
Now, so what's so how, how do you deal with someone like that? Nervous sounds like this. <clears throat> Don't you, let's say someone doesn't get your read at Khalia. Okay. But the fact is, there's an aliyah coming. There's an elevation coming. And we all have the ability and want and hope to get out of the mess. Let's say you're in a mess. You're in you're in a Yurida. So could you think that it's possible to get out of it? 100%. And can you hope for the best? 100%. Because you can see your, you can see the Yurida as an aliyah. But could you hope that there's going to be better days ahead? 100%. So when you start meditating and envisioning a better and a brighter future you know what happens Rebbe says and this is very powerful let's say you're going through a challenge a struggle okay and you don't see that any positive in the struggle okay but could you see that there's a possibility for a future could you see a possibility for, for a miracle to happen 100% so Rebbe says start thinking about that miracle start thinking about that better day now, even though right now you're going through the struggle, but as you start thinking about the better day and you're looking forward to it, all of a sudden you're in that space. When you're thinking about the future, the bright future, you're in the bright future right now. And like the Rebbe brings in the Baal Shem Tov, that says that the place where your thought is and where your will is, that's where you are. So even though you're sitting in a tight spot, physically, personally, whatever level. But you start with your mind thinking about the future, thinking about a better tomorrow. You're there. Now, even though the fact is, yes, there's technical things, external things which are bothering you and, and complicating things and it's concealing, etc. So how do, you, how do you deal with it? Because you're trying to, you know, what I was saying is think positive. Go into a positive state. So there's one second, but I would love to do that. I would love to, within my struggles, be in a positive space. But I can't. I just can't get out of out of the struggles I'm in. Shreva says, guess what? There's an advice in the Talmud that says like this. And we'll explain the coin to Kabbalah, obviously. You want to pray? You have to be willing to be, like, a little humble. That's what the Talmud says. So the Rebbe explains this line from the Talmud according to Kabbalah, and he says like this. Again, you want to pray. So if you want to pray, the preparation, you have to have koi v'dresh. So first of all, what is, what is prayer? We have to say, what is prayer? You want to pray, you need koi v'dresh first. What is prayer? So the Rebbe says, prayer is hiskashus. Prayer is connection. As we know, it says in the Talmud, halavai, we hope that a person should pray all day long. What does that mean? Pray all day long. I have other things to do. To learn. I got to give a family, community. There's, there's things to do. So what does that mean? You pray all day. That means I should have the connection all day. Technically, I can't pray all day, but I want the connection all day. Just like during prayer. When you're prayer, you're focused on that connection. The connection is strong. So I want that that connection I experience in prayer, I should experience that correct connection all day. As it says, We should know in front of us standing. We should always have the connection all day. Now, how do, so that would be amazing. Can you imagine all day you're connected to Hashem? How do you have that? So the, the, the Talmud says, you prepare by that by having Koivid Rosh. What does Koivid Rosh mean? To get to that level. 
And those COVID Rosh, as an introduction, will obliterate all the things that are bothering you. And you'll love to have that connection. How do you do that? So the Rebbe says, based on a teaching from the Magad of Mizrich, the Magad of Mizrich explains as follows. When it says COVID Rosh, what does that mean? So he says it's the COVID of Rosh. What does Rosh mean? The beginning. The beginning of the beginning. So you want to get to prayer, connection to Hashem, you need Koivid Rosh. You need to connect to the Rosh, the beginning of the beginning. What is the, what's the beginning of the beginning? So you have to meditate about your soul. What's your soul? Your soul is literally a part of the infinite Hashem. Now, since Rebbe says that in the, in the, in the Magad of Rich, he says that it's a part of Hashem. Now, he doesn't use the word mamish, literally. And we see that the Altar Rebbe in Tanya actually adds the word mamish, literally. So we're going to take it as you know, the Magad of Rich says, meditate on the fact that your soul comes from a, a place on high. And the way the Altar explains it, literally place on high. It literally is part of Hashem. Now, when a person meditates the fact that you're literally part of Hashem, guess what? If you meditate, whatever struggle you're going through, you start thinking about the fact that my neshama, my soul, is chelik elekam imal mamish, and you really feel and connect to the fact that you are literally, your soul is literally a part of the infinite Hashem, anything that's concealed, Anything that's bothering you is all going to go away. What's going to come out right then and there is your makshava, your thought. Where you want to be, we said before you want to be in this beautiful place and we said you can't get there because you're stuck. So take a moment. Think about the way your soul is connected to infinite Hashem. And then you'll be able to use your mind and your thought to take you to the beautiful place. And then when you're able to think that way, you'll have a tremendous elevation. Because with all the struggles around you, guess what? You're going to be in the place where you want to be. How are you going to do that? By meditating first that your soul is part of the infinite Hashem. Now, from the level of Machshava, because that's the power that's going to take you there, from the level of Machshava, thought that's going to take you there, to this beautiful place. Now, Machshava, we know, there's different levels to thought. The main thought is in part of your soul, which is above Tam Vedas. If you start logically thinking, that's not Makshava. Raw thought, raw Makshava is above intellect, above logic, literally going off the chart, connecting with Hashem, the infinite Hashem. Why is that? Because Makshava, our thought, that is the essence of who we are. Our thought is who we are. Our thought is the most powerful gift that we have. Like the Rebbe said, when you have the makshava of great things that are happening to you, they're going to happen to you, all of a sudden, all the problems go away. And again, sometimes you can't do it right away straight to makshava, so you have to meditate the fact that the Shama is from on high. Now, why is makshava so powerful? So the Rebbe brings a beautiful piece and a powerful priest from the Zoyar. Tukunei Zoyar says like this, Human beings are called an Adam. Adam. Man. Human being. So the Zoya says, Ma. Mem hei. Iu Adam. 
So Ma is per is is is, is Adam. Why is Adam? Because Adam is spelled Aleph one, Dalit four, and Mem forty, which is Mem hey forty five. So Ma that's Adam. What is Machshava? It's made up of two words. Chashav Ma. You're thinking. Who's thinking Ma? What's Ma? You, us. Adam. So a what is Machshava? Is when a human being thinks. Because that's who we are. Machshava. Who are we? We are our thoughts. If you ask yourself, who are you? Think for a moment. Who, you're your thoughts. If you're thinking positive thoughts, your whole everything about you is positive. If you're thinking negative thoughts, everything is going to be negative. Your thoughts, that's who you are. And that's why it's extremely important what you think about. You think positive thoughts, you think happy thoughts, you're going to be happy. The opposite, I'm not going to mention what it is, that's where you're going to go. So the real power of a human being is our thoughts. So our thoughts can take us out of any negative experience or situation we're in. Whatever you're going through, try it. Start thinking positive thoughts. Guess what? You're going to go machshava. Chashav ma. Adam. You're going to start thinking. That's where you're going to go. You can't get access to your thoughts. Go back to Koivid Roish. Think of the beginning. Your soul is connected to the beginning of the beginning, to, to Hashem Himself. That will give you re-access to your thought. Once you re-access your thought, then you can think anything you want. Now, so your machshava takes you to where? Literally to your soul, which is above tamvadas, above intellect. Once you connect to this powerful place through your machshava, then you bring those powerful thoughts into your intellect, that even in your intellect, you should comprehend that what? That since we're in Gullus, because Hashem Yachnu, so we're, so to speak, in Gullus because of Hashem, and that's why we're here. So the Torah and Mitzvahs that we're doing here is 100% perfect. Now, the Rebbe says, take it a step further, and he says like this. This idea applies to our general serving Hashem. And there's three ways in general that we serve Hashem. What's the three ways we, where we serve Hashem? So the first way we serve Hashem is Sur Go away from negative, go away from evil, go away from anything bad, go away from anything critical, and only be busy with good things. Two things. Because you're doing good things and you're busy with negative stuff, it's like a challenge. It's not going to be clear. So you want to do two things. Sur mira, go away from negativity. And Asi Taif, do good in reality. And my suik, you have to do it in reality, not just in thought. Literally, stay away from anything negative. Stay away from anything no good. And be busy with good stuff. So that's just like where we said in the, where we divide the land of Israel, that for a bigger tribe, got a bigger piece of land. The smaller tribe got a smaller piece of land. In other words, it means every single person according to what they need. In other words, every person has their personal avoida of surmira, how much negative they have to go away from, and how much good they have to do. So the first level of dividing up the land, which is our spirit, we're talking about the spiritual land, first level is intellect, which means figure out how much negative you have to get rid of and get rid of it as much as you can, and more than. How much positive? That's the first level. 
What's the next level above that? The spiritual work of Ruach HaKodesh. How do we divide the land? Through Ruach HaKodesh. And in there, the Rebbe says there's two levels in Ruach HaKodesh. Like we know that Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration in the spheroids, is actually the sphere of Malchus, the tenth sphere, the lowest sphere. That's in one place. It's brought down in Mrs. That, that, that uh, Ruach HaKodesh is Malchus, the lowest sphere. In other places, it's explained, and there were quotes from the uh, different Hasidic discourse in the Rishab, that Ruach HaKodesh is actually the first sphere of Chachmah. Why? Because from Chachmah, you get Ruach HaKodesh, which goes down into Malchus. And like there gives an example where it says Rashis in the beginning, and the Badan says base Rashis, there's two beginnings. That there's two levels in the beginning. There's a level of the beginning where you start with Chachma or you start with Malchus. And base Rashis means that they're both connected. Chachma and Malchus are in one word. In other words, which means that in Chachma and Malchus you have all the spheres. Which basically means the idea of Ruach HaKodesh is all the levels from Chachma down to Malchus in your soul. So the second level in conquering the land of Israel is taking control of your Midois and your, and your intellect, taking control of all the spheres, starting from Chachma down to Malchus and everything in between. That's the second level. Okay, so the first one was Sumer Abbas intellect, figuring out how much. Second one is Ruach HaKodesh, all the spheres, Chachma to Malchus. And the th- highest level is the Goyrul. What's the Avoidah of Goyrul? And there's two ideas never explains. Based on a, 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 a mimer from the Tzamech Tzedek. There's two levels in, in Goyrul. What's Goyrul? Which is above nature. Number one is Amuna, Faith. Living a life of Amuna, Having faith in Hashem. And the second component is Bittal. To being humble before Hashem. Both of these are b- above intellect. Amuna's faith above intellect and humility above intellect. Which basically it's two it's two extremes. Why? Because Amuna faith is connected to which sphere? It's connected to the sphere of Malchus, which is actually the lowest level. Bittal, on the other hand, above intellect, is which is from your essence of your soul, is connected even higher than intellect. So faith is Malchus, and Amu, and, and, and Bittal is even higher than all the spheres. It's above the spheres. And as when a person has a moon, a person has faith, and a person has bittel, there's no question of any, which way are you going. And for sure, when a person has faith in Hashem, and a person is bottle, he gives himself over to Hashem, he accepts everything from Hashem. It's a guarantee, the Rebbe says, that they take him to give him all great and good things until the completion, the highest level of good. Until you see, you're going to see in your life tremendous, powerful blessings that's going to be revealed to you. That the land is going to be divided by Goyrul. And we said Goyrul is the highest level through Amun and Bitochain. But it's going to be not abstract, but it's going to be literally down into this world, the soul in a body. Now, and Deborah finished off and he says very powerfully, he says like this, just like when it came to dividing up the land of Israel, on the first time, there was three things. In other words, there was Bagoyrul, the lottery, there was Alpi Hashem Ruach HaKodesh, there was Rav Tarba, which is intellect, 
And you needed those three to originally divide up the land of Israel. And through those three things, we were able to divide up the land of Israel in a way that every single person had, of the Jewish people had, a nice beautiful garden with grapes and figs, etc. And the Jewish people were calm and peaceful, everyone in his own orchard. So the same thing also, the Rebbe says, it's going to be also now. Through the fact that we do our avoido and our actions, and not only that, we're going to do even more than what's, what's what, what, than our avoido. Why are we doing more than then? Because now we have the tremendous yurida, we have the tremendous concealment. We're in Ikras the Mashiach. Look what's going on. It's so dark out there, and especially the says, unfortunately, the gullus and the exile of 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 the souls of the Jewish people. And, and, and the, and the Nasim, the princes of the Jewish people, up until we unfortunately had the, the, the exile and the imprisonment of the, of, of the leader of the Jewish people, the Friedrich Rebbe, which is obviously referring to before you, you based in Yobel Talmuds. But what happened after that? There was unfortunately, there was Gullus, there was Meister, there was exile. But what happened? He's redeemed. We have the Gula, we have the redemption. And when the Friedrich Rebbe was re- redeemed, the Rebbe said, not only the Friedrich Rebbe was redeemed, but anybody that loves Torah, Anybody that keeps a mitzvah, and even a simple Jew, just called Jew, a Jew, everyone experienced that redemption. Because the redemption was a preparation, and it creates an opportunity and a vessel to draw in the tremendous redemption, the general redemption, for all the Jewish people, wherever they are. <clears throat> that there's going to be again, we're going to be able to conquer the land of Israel in a way we're going to have shalom barits. We're going to have peace in the land of Israel. And Hashem is going to take us standing straight up to Eretz Yisrael through the three different levels of Avoido. Goyrol, the lottery, we serve Hashem with Amunim B'Tachayin. And with all our, uh, uh, with the Ruach HaKodesh, with all our ten spheroids, and with intellect, with basically Surmerasatoiv. That's our Avoido. And the purpose is, and the main avoider, and the foundation of the old avoider says, and this is extremely powerful and important, when a person makes a resolution, a strong resolution, that he's willing to go on the serious nefesh, he's willing to do whatever it takes. And like the, like the the uh, the, the famous line from the Friedrich Rebbe, who's who he he's celebrating his his celebration now, that what does serious nefesh mean? What does it mean? I'm going in self sacrifice. It's the resolution that are zoi inishtandish. This is exactly how we're doing it, which means we're dedicated ourselves to Hashem and no other way. And when a Jew says, it's very powerful, when a Jew says that he's taking on a resolution, that he's going to do what Hashem wants, sur with all his uh, ten, with ten, ten spheroids, and he's going to do it with Amuna, and he's going to do it with Bittal, when a person takes that on, there's no, it's irrelevant how he was before that. How, even a, a minute before, you couldn't have done the worst thing. When a person takes on a resolution from now on that said, I'm serving Hashem on all levels, all my, my spheroids, Chachma down to Malchus, Emuna, and Bittu, when a person takes on that resolve, it's irrelevant how it was before. And there actually brings from the Rambam, which is Jewish law, not philosophy. When a person says, as soon as a person says, Roitzani, I want, what happens is the will of Hashem, which is the true will of every single person, 
wants to fulfill the will of Hashem, <coughs> gets revealed in a real way to do the will of Hashem. So as soon as we take it on resolution, it takes off everything from the past. And by taking on that resolution, the Rebbe says that he's taking on the resolution he's going to f- do the will of Hashem. And we know Hashem is good and the source of good. And Hashem wants to do good. And Hashem is going to take every single one of the Jewish people out of Gullus, out of exile, wherever we are. And in a way of Atem, Tuluktu, Le'echod, Echod, B'nai Yisrael, Hashem is going to take each and every one of us out of Gullus. And by taking literally, not as a group, we're all going as a group. No, each one individually, that shows a tremendous love and the dearness and the Hashem, the Hashem has for every single person and the divine providence for every single individual. And Hashem is going to take us out, not again, not as a group, everyone individually, which personalized love, personalized attention. And He's going to take us standing upright to Eretz HaKodesh very, 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 very soon with Bias Mashiach Tzidkenu. So obviously this is a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse with powerful lessons about how we can serve Hashem. Through all our sirot, emuna, faith, bittel. But I think the Rebbe gives real practical advice how we can connect to Hashem. Nefesh Kiss connects to Hashem by realizing Torah Mitzvah creates a Yichud Nitzchi. The Nefesh of Bahamas connects to Hashem by realizing you read the Torah Chaliyah, which ever brings up by creating that meditation, we become calm and peaceful and clear. And even if we're not in that level, just by putting our minds, which is a practical, beautiful tip, just thinking positive, thinking great things will be there. And even if we can't get there right away, so Koyvid Roish, realize our Nashama is so high, and that will get us there. So let's hope and pray, as the Rebbe says, Hashem will take each and every one of us out of his Golos, and in Mircham, the next class we'll have in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Have a great and blessed week.